We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we got a few news items that we want to hit here, uh, but this will be our official on the record 2023 NBA All-Star uh, Picks podcast. And as we do every year, we, we keep the parameters pretty loose. It could be kind of a mixture of either who you would pick or who you think will be picked. Uh, I, I kind of tried to, to play both sides uh, in this one, but... Uh, very much looking forward to getting into this. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, there's always going to be some difficult choices, but uh, it's kind of wild how things have reversed because I had an incredibly difficult time narrowing down the field for the Eastern Conference and in the West, like my final two reserve spots, I, I had trouble just like scraping together a list of guys to even fill those. Yeah, I think the sort of second to third tier of guys in the East is just extremely dense. And a lot of it just comes down to your personal preference. How much do you value defense, pure stats versus winning? I think there's just a lot more room for debate in the East. And you mentioned it with the West, like my sort of um, final cut, like the guys who didn't make the cut list is pretty small mm-hmm. um, in the West. Yeah. And for years and years, I mean, it felt like it was the complete opposite. Uh, like there, there will not be any Goran Dragic, Al Horford, DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap, Pau Gasol on the Bulls uh, representation in the All-Star game this year. I mean, I I will say for the most part in the West, like it was just a lot of injuries that that created issues, you know, like if, uh, you know, Paul George played 45 games or Devin Booker played 45 games or Chris Paul played 45 games, we wouldn't have some of these conundrums. But even in the East, like the the East had just as many injuries. There's just so many guys. I mean, my, my list of like just missed the cut players is like 12 deep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, mine is, um, mine's like seven, but I feel like I narrowed it down more than I even had to. Yeah. Right. I mean, at some point you, you got to draw the line. I, I tried to include everybody who in some year in the last like decade would have a case to potentially sneak on. Uh, okay. so we'll get to all those names shortly. I, I do just want to do a quick update on some injury news. Uh, first of all, Brandon Ingram just got the, the update from Rotowire a couple minutes ago. He will miss another game on Friday against Orlando. He has not played since November 25th. No idea what's going on there at this point. I mean, we're coming up on two full months without Brandon Ingram. Hasn't been a lot of progress on that front. Uh, but we, we had some new injuries and I, I think I'm officially done in the Sirius XM experts league, Alex. Uh, wow. that, that's where I started Lillard, LaMelo, uh, Scotty Barnes, Chris Middleton as my first four picks. And oh LaMelo God. Ball has now injured his left ankle for the third time this season, we don't have an update quite yet on how much time he's expected to miss. Given the situation, given where the Hornets are, I don't expect to see LaMelo until after the All-Star break. No, the injury looked pretty bad, too, the way um, 
he was stepped on. He got basically got his ankle like stepped on and pushed down into the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> extremely bad. It's fun. It, it I mean, looked it looked much worse than the last time when he stepped on a fan's foot. Yes. It's that first four picks in that draft of yours is crazy. But the thing is, like it there are <laughs> not not that you made crazy picks. You suck at fantasy basketball. <laughs> this is what happened. You you're doing too much football now. You're just out of it. I uh it's crazy because uh, I'm sure a ton of other people have the exact same one through four that they drafted. Yeah. And you're just done. You're just done. If you draft it like that, um, there's only so many waiver wire pickups. You can only use so much fab budget. <laughs> there's only so many times you could be number one in the waiver claims for that to work out. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I, mean, I was out. in trouble with Middleton no matter what, but uh, yeah, get, sorry. Continue on your, your LaMelo take here. I mean, I, I don't know if there's any real fantasy spin to take away from this Dennis Smith, I guess. Yeah, we, the thing is, he's Lamelo's been injured for so much of the season that we're just well aware of what the situation is. It's just it's more Dennis Smith and more Terry Rozier, essentially. Yeah, uh, that's about the extent of it. A uh, couple other injuries we want to get to: Christian Wood uh, suffered a fractured left thumb last night. That happened in the first half uh, of the Mavericks game against the Atlanta Hawks. They're saying he's going to be reevaluated in a week. We'll see. I mean, we, we've seen kind of a wide variation in, in thumb injuries of late. Uh, you know, we, we got an update on Mitchell Robinson, who underwent surgery today to uh, address a broken right thumb, and he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Obviously, a difference between getting surgery, not getting surgery, but uh, you brought up off air, you know, DeMontis Sabonis had a, a fractured ligament, and I think he missed, what, one game, and he's just going to continue to play through it? Yeah, I think that was Sabonis, one of the most left-handed players in the league, suffered a broken right thumb. And I was like, I don't think that will be an issue for him at all. Notably left-handed. Yeah, extremely notably left-handed. But this, I mean, the, I don't think the Mavericks can afford for Christian Wood to be out for more than a week or two because I don't I don't even know what they would do without him. Like, he's not, the thing is, he's not playing crazy minutes or doesn't have, he's not putting up ridiculous stats for them, but they just need everything that he's giving them right now. Yeah, I, I still am not a huge Christian Wood believer. I, I was fading him all over in fantasy, and that, that hasn't been fantastic. I mean, the shot blocking especially, he's been at almost two and a half blocks per game to go with two and a half threes uh, over the last month. So he's been playing really well. You got to hand it to him. But I, I think it's more about who comes after him. You're, you're totally right. Like, they need his scoring. They need somebody. I mean, he's, he's kind of like the Monte Ellis of big men. Uh, like, he's, there's going to be <laughs> nights where he could shoot you out of a game, but there's also going to be nights where – he just kind of does his thing, and, and you absolutely need that alongside Luka Doncic, especially with Tim Hardaway being banged up of late, too. Um, the problem is now you're going down to Dwight Powell, JaVale McGee, Maxi Kleba. Like th- those are your options for at least the next week, if not you know the next month. Yeah, they just don't have anybody that is a bucket getter. They have no other like Monte Ellis's. Like, right. I guess you can try to see like what Jake and Hardy can do, but like what are we really talking about at that point? I kind of like what I've seen from Jaden Hardy, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in terms of short term, you can't really place real expectations on him. I, I think there's maybe some long term value to be had there, but uh, not somebody for a team that has aspirations, as is the case when you have Luka Doncic, you have title aspirations. Like, if we're if we're even talking about the possibility of Jaden Hardy and Dwight Powell like being the real difference makers for this team, uh, I think they're in trouble. But hopefully, you know, it's a shorter end of that timetable for Christian Wood, uh, and then real quickly on Mitchell Robinson. Pretty self-explanatory. I, I think this could be, you know, another situation where he probably doesn't play until after the All-Star break. We're exactly three weeks uh, from the trade deadline, and then the, the All-Star break comes basically a week after that. So, um, my guess is that he'll he'll take a little extra time, but could be a nice little run here for Hartenstein. Yeah, Hartenstein and um, Jericho Sims has, has shown a little bit of upside here and there. I mean, he's yeah. a crazy athlete, like yeah. one of the craziest center athletes we have I, in the NBA. That photo of him like hitting his head on the rim at a practice, like that didn't even look real. No, no, I remember I, I can't remember exactly when it was. I went and saw a Knicks game, maybe it was last year, and um, I saw him in person go up for like a dunk and warm up. So I'm like, like my god, um, yeah. But yeah, with with him out, I mean, maybe they'll try a little more Obi Toppin, you know, around some of the small ball lineups, space out, five out, um. You know, because they can afford to do that. They've had like a manual quickly play extremely well for them. And I kind of like Miles McBride. So maybe they just try to go small a little more here and there and, and see what they can do. By the way, is it Hartenstein or Hartenstein? That felt weird when I said Hartenstein. I, I feel like I've normally said Hartenstein. 
I rolled with you, but it is Hartenstein. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I, I feel like we've both <laughs> been Hartenstein guys before. It would have been pretty, uh, it would have been kind of like a little flex to immediately say Hartenstein after I said Steen, but I uh, just right. want to correct that. I, I, I think it is Hartenstein. Uh, that'll be the pronunciation going forward. Uh, perfect segue to our all stars here. I, I don't think Hartenstein's going to show up uh, on our Eastern Conference all star teams, but uh, might have a New York Nick or two in the bunch, at least Whoa. in the debate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, where do you want to start here? East starters, West starters? Uh, we we got to work our way up with the, with the honorable mentions. Up to you. Let's start with the West because I think it's more straightforward. And we okay. Kinda, um. Do you want to do you want to do guards and then front court? Yeah. So let well let's just both do a quick kind of explanation of our our methodology. Okay. I mean, I did not do anything scientific by any means. Looked at a lot of numbers. Uh, you know, used a lot of uh, individual judgment, but uh, I, I did try to follow the positional designations because that's how the league is doing it. And uh, you can kind of if you look at the voting breakdown or if you just go to the voting website, you can kind of see where everybody comes in. But for starters, it'll be three front court players two backcourt players. So it's not like the all NBA teams where you, you'd be like force Andre Drummond or Deandre Jordan uh, into a center spot. It's just three front court, two backcourt. Uh, so those will be the parameters for the starters for the bench. I, I didn't really think about positions too much. You, no. you kind of end up with a natural mix anyway. Um, but did you have anything to add there? No, I used, I used the official like position designations. So I think Jimmy Butler, does he qualify as a guard? Jimmy Butler, uh, when I had him somewhere. I moved him. I just recently moved him into my starting into the East, but okay. I don't know if that's allowed or not. Um, um, I can get you a verification on that very shortly. Uh, Jimmy okay. Butler is a front court player. Son of a gun. Okay. He's uh -oh. going back to the bench now. <laughs> um, I completely forgot that as I like updated it today. This is great podcasting. I, uh, but no, aside from that, I mean, you mentioned it. I didn't, I didn't look into some crazy numbers. Like I, I checked out fantasy value, but ultimately what I ended up doing was I just, I thought how crucial are these guys to their team? Plus how much do I trust them in a playoff series? Which is maybe not like traditionally the way you would do an all-star team, but, um, that's kind of just how I felt like doing it this year. And, um, but that, that, to me, made it especially hard in the East. Yeah, like we said at the top, the East is absolutely brutal. I, I think my, my team of next-ups could be an all-star team. Uh, you know, None of the names would, would really seem that crazy. Uh, but the East is loaded right now, no question about that. And, and again, a, a lot of the injuries, uh, I think, have, have kind of made some of the decisions even more difficult. You know, I, I really struggled, I think, more oh, yeah. than anything with – determining the difference between, okay, you know, he's played 30 games. Well, this guy's played 33. Like, am I really going to penalize this player for a three game difference? And maybe this guy's hurt now. And this guy's projected to play more games than him right. by the time the all-star break arrives. Like, I, I just don't really think there's a right answer. Uh, did, did you find yourself kind of establishing a certain line or, or like a floor for games played? Um, you know, I start, I, I thought that it would probably be good to have like 30 games, but I went through the same debate as you. Um, about like, yeah, okay, so like Kevin Durant is gonna miss a month. Right. Anthony Davis might come back soon. Maybe they end up playing the same. I know they're in different conferences, but maybe they end up playing roughly the same amount of games before the All Star break. How do I justify like having one of them as a bench player and one of them as a starter? There's no right. like it was just based on feel for me. Like I don't. Yep. I don't have a real criteria that I used. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. It's especially tough with the guys who are currently injured because you don't want to do you don't want to do the recency bias. You know, it's like I, I, somebody shouldn't get penalized for missing ten games now as opposed to the first ten games of the regular season. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's like a, a perfect way by any means. I did. I will say I used total games played as somewhat of a tiebreaker. You know, if I, if I'm deciding between two guys who have a similar case and you know, one has played 41 games and the others played 32, then, you know, maybe he would get the edge. Yeah, it was, it, that's case by case for me, but, um, I feel like I'm a little looser than that this year than I have been in the past, but mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, well, let's lead it off with the Western Conference. I will give you my five starters, and I'll allow you five to ten seconds to you know, collect yourself after you hear them, and then you can offer your rebuttal. All right. Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, oh. and my final starter, DeMontis Sabonis, getting the third front court spot. Hurry. No Steph Curry. Nope. I, I think it. SGA and Steph Curry are shockingly comparable right now. And I don't I don't think their teams are all that different. You know, they're separated by a half game in the Western Conference standings. And SGA has played eleven more games. So this is the perfect embodiment of what I just said with using games played as a tiebreaker. It is. Yeah. Um this is shocking because I, I feel like I've been the the world's premier SGA guy for like the past three years, and he is not uh, in my starters. I have Steph Curry, so we have the exact same starters, uh, but I've swapped in Curry, okay, for SGA. Like, it's uh, it, I agree. I mean, I agree with everything you said. It's just it like SGA is playing out of his mind. He's playing like a legit superstar on a team that is playing just as well as the as the Warriors. Uh, ultimately. I just need to see so much to get someone like Steph Curry off the team or off the starters. And um, I just think if I were gaming this out, like I said before, like who do I want in a playoff series? I still, I still want Steph Curry. Um, But the games played thing, I think that's, that's the sort of best argument towards SGA or plus his defense. I mean, he's a better defender than Curry. There's no question about that. I mean, if we're doing who, who do you want in the playoff series, like PJ Tucker might be starting for, for the Eastern <laughs> Conference. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's an 11-game difference. And look, if, if Golden State was in first in the West and Oklahoma City was in 14th, I wouldn't have it this way. But uh, And I get part of the reason that Golden State is 500 right now is because Curry missed time. But like, it, it, more, more of this is like a testament to how good SGA has been. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to find a reason to keep Steph Curry off the list by any means. And I will say this is not going to happen. Steph Curry is going to start the all-star game. Like there's no question about that. He's, he's like lapping the field in terms of fan votes in the West backcourt. So like in real life, Stephen Curry is going to start the game, but for the sake of this argument, I I just kind of thought I would make the case for SGA. He is better in terms of PER. He's better in terms of VORP. He's better in terms of defensive box plus minus, obviously more win shares, more win shares per 48, Uh, very comparable in terms of usage rate, almost exactly the same, uh, turnover rate slightly in favor of SGA, but about the same. Um, as great as Curry is, like he's of course the better player. If I need to win one game or one series, I'm still taking Steph Curry. But I, I think there's a real case for SGA if you're just looking at this in a vacuum. If, if you did a blind resume, yeah, the blind resume argument would really jumble up a lot of people's All Star selections. I think, um, but that's that's the thing, you know, it being subjective. And uh, SGA is also the better um, fantasy player per game. Yeah. you know, value as well. Eight cat. Um, if that goes into your argument. So I get where you're coming from. I just going to go there. I will say um, like to me, LeBron and Jokic and Doncic, those guys were no brainers. Yeah. Um, the Sabonis spot. AD is on my bench, um, yeah. you know, cause he's playing at MVP level. He just missed a, a He's missed a few too many games for me to be a starter. Um, and how many has he played? Like 25, 25. maybe he'll come back soon. It's not a hundred percent clear. So given that, like if he was coming back tomorrow and I knew that maybe I'd put him in there, but I think what Sabonis is doing is just, he's playing out of his mind lately. He's creeped into the, the basketball reference MVP tracker. I saw that. Um, yeah. So I, I think he a hundred percent deserves to be recognized for what he's doing. 
the Sacramento Kings are obviously playing awesome. He's he's in the new hub of that team over Deer and Fox. And yep. uh yeah, he completely deserves an all-star selection. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a 16 game difference between Sabonis and Davis. So I I felt the same way. It's like if it was if it was an eight game difference, maybe I would have gone AD because he was amazing when he was out there. But he's also the type of guy that I don't want to say, okay, maybe he'll come back in a week and he'll play every game until the all-star break. Like that's also not a guarantee. So I, I think at this juncture, uh Sabonis, I mean, 16 more games. That's that's a huge chunk. And Davis has been better, but he hasn't been like dramatically better. And Sabonis' team has been significantly more successful. So, um, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that I felt as good as I did about putting Sabonis in as a starter. But I think it also speaks to just kind of the lack of depth at, at front court. And we'll, we'll get into our reserves in a second, but I, I didn't really even have another strong candidate. Like, I, I kind of expected to have to shoehorn LeBron into the lineup because I'm me, but LeBron's going to be, I mean, for one, he's leading the fan vote, so he's going to make it no matter what. But that aside, like, I, I think he's an easy in just because there's really, there's not that many other options. Yeah, to me, he's a no-brainer. I heard, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. Maybe it was Simmons and Lowe debating, like, LeBron versus Markinen. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, man. that like, was what? Come on. preposterous. Um, yeah, LeBron's a no-brainer. He's playing yep. out of his mind. Some of it is because Anthony Davis is out, right? But that's okay. I mean, we're, we can't downgrade him for that. But, I mean, like, it's not even... I'm not even bringing in the, oh, he's 38 and he's doing this. I don't really care how old he is. I mean, he's averaging 30 points on 51% shooting, 7 assists, 8 boards. Um, you can say what you want about his defense, but he's just putting up ridiculous numbers and he's LeBron. So someone has to dethrone him, which is just, there's no one to dethrone him. Okay. So we're in agreement on Jokic, Sabonis, LeBron, Doncic, SGA, and Curry. Uh, we have SGA and Curry flopped, but we, we have those six, no matter what, uh, do, do you want to give me your bench for the Western conference? Yeah. My bench is AD SGA, um, Damian Lillard. Jaron Jackson, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, John Morant. Ooh, okay. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I like it a lot. Uh, very very few complaints from me. Um, I I left Devin Booker off. I didn't feel great about it, um, but, but obviously he's missed a, a significant amount of time. We're not sure when he's going to be back. Um, I, I also had Jaron Jackson on my team. He was a, okay. a, a pretty tough... Uh, guy at first like I, I kind of didn't feel good about it but the more I looked into it you know the really really the only argument against him is the number of games played and virtually all of those came at the beginning of the season I didn't want to penalize him too much for that also felt like Memphis really deserved two guys and you know, we, we probably should have brought up John Morant in the Luca SGA Curry discussion because I, I think Morant is very much in that debate as well I mean in nine out of ten seasons the year he's having he'd be an all-star starter, especially with his profile around the league. Like, every, like it doesn't seem right that he's not going to start the all-star game. It doesn't, no, but um, I I just, I think SGA is having a better season than him, and he's a better defender than Morant. And But I agree yeah. with you. It's just, optically, it feels like he should be a starter. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, if he was, if he was in the East, I, I think I would have him as a starter. Uh, won't reveal those quite yet, but... Yeah, he's just a victim of, you know, you could argue that the, you know, the three best guard seasons so far have been Doncic, SGA, and Curry. And as great as Morant's been, like, he just doesn't compare to those guys, which I think says more about how wild those numbers are as opposed to anything about Morant. Uh, so we have overlap on six of the seven. I also have, I have Curry on my bench, Lillard, Zion, AD, Jaron Jackson, John Morant. Uh, so you went with Devin Booker as your final spot? Yeah. I was deciding between Booker, Paul George, and the guy I ended up going with, LeBron 2.0, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Markkinen I mean, is unquestionably playing like an all-star. He was a tough debate for me. Um, I just, I didn't want to kick Booker off. And I think, I actually was having more of a debate between Zion and Markkinen. Yeah. And I ultimately decided that I would just, I would want, you know, because Zion's got a missed games things going on right now, obviously. But I ultimately decided, like, I just think Zion's the more impactful player still. I mean, I would just, I would rather have him. Like, if you had to tell me you need to win a playoff series, I'm still picking Zion over Markinen. But I, I understand because if your game is played sensitive, putting Markinen over Booker, that's completely fine with me. Yeah. Um, was it, was Paul George also in consideration for you in that spot? 
Yes. Yes. Big time. Uh, I, I will say I, I kind of just lock Zion in. I didn't think too hard about that one. The games played thing is, is a big concern. And I, I think if we, if we did this podcast three weeks from now and he's still not back and all of a sudden there's like a 20 game difference between Zion and Laurie Markkinen, um, I, I think maybe I would think twice about keeping Zion in, but I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that he'll at least come back and play a handful of games before the all-star break. And I also just want Zion in an all-star game no matter right. what. Uh, so that was part of the thought process. Yeah, for sure. Considered Paul George. Uh, you know, for me, it just kind of came down to games played number one, of course. And just like, I, like, I didn't even know what number when I looked up Paul George, I was trying to guess like the number of games played. I had no idea what to guess because it, it's so unpredictable and the Clippers still just kind of feel like this like exhibition team. And I, I guess I don't want to punish him for that necessarily, but um, I just like Laurie marketing is, is kind of in that SGA territory where he's barely missed any time. Uh, he's got like a 10 plus game lead on a lot of these other players who we're talking about and his team is better than the Clippers and his team is better than the Suns. Right. When I actually, I thought Paul George had actually missed more games than he has when I looked right. it up. Like he's played 31. I would have guessed like That's 25. Way more than I thought. Um, so that actually made it hard for me. Cause I'm like, actually 31 games is, is actually like that. He's having a fine. season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but to me, you're right. Like it's sort of, it's just the team is underwhelming and as good as he is on both sides of the ball. And he's having a nice year, like 23, six and five steal and a half efficient shooting. It's just when you get in that range where the team is like hovering around 500 and it's all just underwhelming, it's sort of just like, he doesn't, he doesn't feel that impactful. And it just, yeah. it all becomes so subjective beyond that. And I just, this isn't, I just don't think this is the year for him. Yeah. I hate to be doing this by feel, but like, it doesn't feel like Paul George has had like any meaningful moments this season. You know, it's like, no. when, when's the last time you've thought about Paul George? Like, and it, it's not really his own fault. It's just kind of the way that the Clippers operate. Like he's still, he's still a killer. He's still one of my favorite players to watch. Like when I, I think he's just kind of been in this weird zone ever since he arrived with the Clippers, but yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a first half of the season worth celebrating for Paul George, if that makes sense. It doesn't. No. Who else Who else were you considering? Because I only have two other names mm -hmm. that I wrote down, and I didn't really consider them seriously. And that's Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. And of course, Towns yeah. is not going to make it because of the injury. Just numbers-wise, he's, he's still playing well. And Edwards just... Like, his numbers are good. Right. But they're not... There, like you mentioned, there are a lot of other years where Anthony Edwards would be like Anthony Edwards in 2005 would be like, a, you know, be like, wow, <laughs> this this guy, no brainer starter. Right. But um, there's just so many guys in the league putting up similar numbers to Anthony Edwards at this point. It's just yep. not his time right now. And the Wolves obviously aren't that good. Edwards has missed. Uh, I think he's missed zero games. That's like that's like his number one claim yes. right now for why he belongs on this team, which is not a good thing. Um, I, I just feel like. Minnesota's just been nothing but negative all year, and it, it didn't really feel right to reward that. I will say you're right. His numbers are better than I expected. Like efficiency-wise, he's at 46% from the field, 36% from three, 24 a game, six and four. I mean, the numbers are really good, and maybe he does sneak on in one of these reserve spots. Like it wouldn't be crazy if he made it over Markinen or Davis or Zion if people are worried about games played. So I'm, I'm not ruling that out, but yeah, I'm with you. He's on my list. I didn't really think that hard about it. Um, I, like I said, I went a little deeper. So the other names that I had, and there's only like four or five, uh, Aaron Gordon, who's shooting like 60% from the field. Uh, I noticed that he was on the, he, he was the last guy on the athletics, uh, all-star team in the Western conference. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, if you want to get two nuggets on, you know, whatever, uh, Jaron Fox, the raw numbers are there. I, I wouldn't put them on, but you could talk about it. Uh, Jeremy Grant having a, a pretty sneaky year, but again, the fact that he's even in this conversation speaks to how shallow the pool is, <coughs> excuse me, clay and or Draymond, uh, in a normal year, they would usually get the warriors bump because they're first or second in the West, but that's not happening this year. Uh, and then the last name, Josh Giddy. Oh, talk to me about Giddy. Yeah. I mean, he's at 16, eight and six on a really good team. He's shooting 48 and a half percent from the field. I shouldn't say really good team, but a team that is way better than we expected it to be. He has not missed much time at all. I think he is now, you know, very clearly their second option and you know, they they've played really well over the last couple of weeks. So I will I will admit there is definitely some recency bias when it comes to Giddy, but I'm also not saying he should be on the team. He's not going to make the All-Star team, but he he belongs on the fringes of the conversation. I mean, he he's been cooking lately. 
Like you look up his stats, his past 14 games, he's 19, eight and seven shooting 53% from the field. And he's improved his three pointer. So those numbers would be, you know, if he averaged that for the whole year, sure. but um, he's going to, he's going to work his way into the conversation. Um, he should be like, I would, I, I would entertain Josh Giddy over actually, you know what? I think, I think he belongs in this, the group that you kind of mentioned. I didn't really consider, I think I gave De'Aaron Fox the most consideration out of that group that yeah. you mentioned. To be honest, I didn't even Aaron Gordon, Grant, Clay, Draymond, yeah. didn't even cross my mind. Um, Fine. yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fox he's shooting 51% on the fourth best team in the West. So I, I wouldn't have a huge problem with it. I, I liked Aaron Fox. I just, I don't know. I feel like I, he's burned me in fantasy so many times that I, I view him in a, a more negative light than I should. Uh, but he's, he's absolutely in the conversation this year. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he made it over like Booker or Jaron Jackson. Like I could see him making it over Jaron Jackson because people maybe don't value defense as much as they should. Sure. I saw a stat the other day, or maybe it was on a podcast that Jaron Jackson, when he's on the floor is blocking 11% of all opponent two point shots. What? Yes. Eleven <laughs> percent of opponent two point shots when he's on the court. What is that? That is that's crazy. Literally a laughable stat. That that's insane. Like one out of ten times you're shooting, it's getting swatted. Yeah, from two. Yeah, I uh that's insane. We should that's also that's a stat we should use more for shot blockers, by the way. Because we don't want to like punish them for not blocking three pointers. Um yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I, could, so I think that's just block rate. If you if you go on basketball reference, like block rate, 11.3, it says estimate a percentage of opponent two-point field goal attempts blocked oh, okay. by the player while they're on the floor. I thought I thought they included three-pointers and block rate. Yeah. So um so did I. That that which that makes sense though. So for context, Jaron Jackson led the league in block rate last year at 7.4%. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean they're doing the Grizzlies kind of do that thing that the Celtics were doing with Robert Williams, where they you know, everyone's like, oh, Jared Jackson should be a center, but he might be more valuable as a help side guy. Yeah. Um, like they use Robert Williams in, in Boston. So um, I think I just think he deserves to be an all star. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I got him on my team. I, I think he will be, to be honest, especially if Memphis you know keeps this heater going. They've won 11 in a row, uh, certainly at the right time when it comes for voting uh, and whatnot. Uh, let's go to the East. Uh, give me your five starters in the Eastern Conference. Uh, regrettably, I am starting James Harden in the East. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Okay. Okay. We got some differentiation. I, I obviously have all those guys on my team. I will say I, I kind of, I did some research, you know, read some articles, listened to some podcasts before doing this just to make sure, you know, kind of ballpark where I was. On some guys, I was shocked how many people are leaving James Harden off their team completely. Completely? Yeah. No. That's I mean, crazy, right? I, I, he's, he's a no-brainer for me. I love James I, Harden. I don't get it. Okay, like for, <laughs> the Seventy Sixers have a better record than like they're third in the East right now. They have a better record than Cleveland. Um, and so you got James Harden. Who I just, he's played twenty-nine games, right? That's the main argument against him, I think. And he, he sucks at defense. Like he's yes. very bad at defense this year. I, I watched a few 76ers games. He was getting burned, but um, he's still averaging 22 points on 15 shots and 11 assists. So I, I'm yeah. not, I don't want to leave that guy off on a, on a team that's playing really well, 28 and 16. I don't, that would, that would be unprecedented. I can't even imagine another team in NBA history that was 28 and 16 at this point in the year had a guy averaging 20 and 10. And that guy was not an all-star. He's, He's going to really get good. in. He's going to get in. He's fourth in backcourt voting for guards in the East right now. Uh, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but he's going to make the team. I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, we, we had a couple different starters. I, I have Mitchell, Giannis and Abid. Those were locks. Really no question about it. Uh, I went with Tatum over Durant just because I, I think, you know, like the, the games played discussion is yeah. going to be the tiebreaker. And by the time we get to the all-star break, I think Tatum is going to have a very sizable lead. I would have gone Durant over Tatum, however, before the injury. Yeah, that was a, that was a point of debate for me. I just thought, I thought Durant was playing at like a completely other level. Like I just, yeah. um, so I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, but oh, I sure. think the Tatum and Bede 
or excuse me, Tatum versus Durant starting versus bench. That's whatever. I, I could go either yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. If you had asked me a week ago before KD got hurt, I would have said KD over Tatum, but I mean, it's close. Obviously Tatum deserves to be a starter. Uh, so not much debate there. And I went with Hal Burton as my other <laughs> guard. I, you know, again, kind of projecting out, don't love doing that for injuries, but uh, hoping he's not going to miss too much time. He's already played 40 games. Uh, so Hal Burton versus Harden, that was a debate. Uh, yeah. I, kind of gave some consideration to like DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown. They're both listed as guards this yeah. year. Uh, didn't quite feel like DeRozan, you know, had done enough. And, you know, I mean, the Celtics are, are number one in the East, but they're not, they're not like 40 and six right now where it feels like they have to have two guys starting. Um, so I, I was okay with those guys being on my bench. So I'm, I'm Embiid, Tatum, Giannis, Halliburton, Mitchell as my starters. Yeah. Halliburton was a point of debate for me because it's, he is also averaging 20 and 10, right? With like fewer turnovers and more steals <laughs> than James Harden. I'm just not ready to say that he's better than James Harden or that I trust him sure. more than James Harden, even though I don't, I don't, I don't even necessarily trust James Harden that much. But at some point, Harden's importance to the team, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Halliburton's just as important to the team, maybe more important to the team than the, to the Pacers than Harden mm -hmm. is the 76ers. But, um, that's like a 60-40 to me. That's like 60-40 Harden to me, but I think if I looked at it long enough, I could easily convince myself that like Halliburton should be the starter this year. Yeah, I mean, it just came down to games played. I think if those were reversed, I would absolutely go Harden, no problem. Um, and the Sixers are putting some distance between them and the Pacers. So if you want to use team success, I, I totally see that for Harden. Uh, one note on Halliburton, by the way, before we move on. He is 64th in usage rate. He's seventh in VORP. And everyone else who's in the top six is 29th or higher in usage rate. Nikola Jokic is 29th. The other five are all in the top 10 in usage rate. So, I mean, it's just, he's just like the perfect team runner. And I, I already feel like he's played enough games where even if he does miss three or four weeks instead of one or two weeks with this injury that um, I just feel like he deserves it. And I, I don't know, like the Sixers, it's kind of like the same thing I said for the Celtics. Like the Sixers are better than the Pacers but they're not lapping the Pacers. It's not, it's not like the Pacers are in 14th in the East. No, man. I mean, he's, he's amazing. I mean, we, I, he's, he's just, there's not a guy who the, the stats, like, I think he's really underappreciated still. I think he's getting a lot more love than he has in the past. Like, I think, yeah. you know, people who play fantasy were very aware early on that Halliburton was the real deal. Um, but, the numbers, man. I mean, he's leading the league in assists, shooting. You know, he's got twenty points a game on fifteen shots, one point eight steals, only two point six turnovers. Like, there's just not that many guys in NBA history that have done that. that frankly, have achieved those numbers. So, um, yep, I don't have any problem with him starting. Okay, case closed. Uh, give me the rest of your reserves. So Tatum and Halliburton, uh, yep. Jimmy Butler, who I. <laughs> I wanted to start over Harden, uh, but could not do it because of the rules. Trey Young, which was a, actually a huge point of contention for me. Trey Young is yes. like the spot that I, I really wish I could swap out. I just ended up not doing it. Uh, then I went Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan. Okay, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I left Trey Young off entirely. I will say that I, blame you. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, I just didn't. I, he's on my list, of course, but I didn't give it that much consideration. Uh, you know, the, the raw numbers are good as always, um, but he's shooting under 33% from three. The field goal percentage has dropped off a cliff. Uh, you kind of forget, like two seasons ago, he didn't make it either. Uh, he, he made it his second year, did not make it his third year, made it last year. I, I just don't feel like there's any Trey Young momentum. Like he, he's another one of those guys, kind of like the Timberwolves, where everything coming out of Atlanta has been negative. Like who's fired up to to see Trey Young in the All-Star game right now. I agree. That's how I feel. Um, I Maybe some of it was like, I just couldn't figure out exactly who I wanted to replace him with. I was kind of debating between Bam Adebayo and Pascal Siakam mm. um, and couldn't really make a decision there. And even Darius Garland. Like, I, I'm not even convinced that Trey Young is better than Darius Garland I'm not even convinced that Trey Young is better than DeMar DeRozan. Um, but I just, I don't know. Well, who's, 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 your, who's your reserves? 
But so you had DeRozan on your list, right? I did, yeah. Okay, so you were DeRozan, Halliburton, Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Butler, and Trey Young? Yeah. Okay. I have DeRozan. I have James Harden. I have Jalen Brown. I have Kevin Durant. I have Jimmy Butler. Those were the guys who were, who were kind of locks to me. To be honest, Jimmy Butler was in the exact same category as Paul George. Shocked that he played as many games as he had. Right. And once I found that out, I, I felt obligated to put him in. Uh, so that leaves two more spots. And I have two players listed for each of these spots. Um, I, I know who I'm leaning toward, but I just want to highlight how much of a debate this was. I'm going to go with Drew Holiday for one of them. But I think there's a real case for Brooke Lopez. Both of those guys are not getting in. But I, I would not be that upset if if you had to choose one or the other. And some people lean Brooke Lopez. I think he has been completely invaluable to what they do on defense. I think it's been night and day when he's on the court versus when he's not. If you watch that Toronto game earlier this week, after he got ejected, the Raptors had like five straight layups in a row because Brooke Lopez was not on the court. Um, so I, I, you know, they've been very valuable in very different ways, but I, I do think there's a real case for Brooke Lopez. I think it's much more likely that holiday ends up getting the spot. Uh, and then for my final one, uh, like I said, I didn't consider Trey young. So I'm going with Bam Adebayo, but really, really, really close between Adebayo and Siakam. Lopez is a little too much of a role player for me um, okay. to Fair. put in there. Um, I, I I think, to me, Holiday is almost a no-brainer. I think his two-way ability... Like, I, I think I value defense a, a decent amount for the, for the All-Star picks, and that's kind of why, like, Jimmy Butler, to me, I was like, I got to find a way to get him in there, and Drew Holiday as well. Like, those are guys who, if you're talking... I have to win a playoff series, sure. you know, both sides of the ball. I need someone that's a killer that can handle the situation. Like Drew Holiday and Butler have completely like won me over. It's just, there's no debate there. Um, on a bio versus Siakam is hard. Like I was saying, I was kind of debating that for myself for the Trey Young spot because it's just sort of like, Siakam's offensive versatility is obviously way higher than Adebayo's, but Adebayo is clearly the better defender. Mm-hmm. Um, Adebayo is more of a role player so that would almost make me more lean Siakam because I think he's a lot more crucial to like he runs the he runs the Raptors more than Adebayo runs the the Heat but he's I mean Adebayo is having a really underappreciated year I think um, putting up some great numbers so that's a that's a tough debate yeah a lot of the advanced numbers will point you towards Siakam um, you really can't go wrong. I mean, Siakam has win shares, win shares for 48 BPM, VORP, uh, all that. Uh, even, even he's even got him in PER. So I don't know. The, the more I look into this, it's like maybe I should have gone the other way. But I, I also think you're totally right. Like Adebayo has had a super underrated year. He's played six more games. He's on a better team. And I, I think he's just a, a vastly better and more important two-way guy. So I, I don't think there's any any really wrong decision between those two. Very interested to see, you know, how this one actually plays out in real life. I, I kind of tried to shoehorn Julius Randall into that debate too, like <laughs> Adebayo versus Siakam versus Randall. Like a lot of the counting stats are, are fairly similar. And, you know, Randall on his best night is absolutely in that category. But at the end of the day, I, I just couldn't quite do it. Yeah, I'm. he's having a great year. I'm not going to say he's not having a great year, but... I, it's just lukewarm to me. I just, there's no, the Knicks just are underwhelming. He's just a, he's a one-way player. He got exposed in the playoffs. It's just, I, I'm kind of done with him until I see something crazy. I will say Randall versus Siakam, the advanced numbers are like wildly similar in a lot of categories. Um, And, you know, Randall has played 11 more games and his team is five games better. So I, I, I don't know. It's not, maybe it's not that crazy. I, I, I can actually see with the way the Raptors are trending right now, like they're, they're also kind of a sneaky bad vibes team. I don't know if you saw that video going around of like Thaddeus Young and Scotty Barnes fighting at halftime while the players, no. like, everybody's just like shooting around and like they had to be like separated. No idea what happened. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't think people are lining up to vote for Raptors right now either. And I don't know. The Knicks are in seventh. I'm with you. They're underwhelming. They're, they're still just a middling team at the end of the day, but I don't. It feels like it's been on balance, like a fairly successful first half for them. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, Randall. I don't know, man. It's just this is this is the thing. It's like we we have a ton of guys to choose from here, but none of them 
none of them feel like locks necessarily. Yeah. The the arguments get really murky in terms of like team success and individual role and how much how good they are at defense. And it's almost like you want to flip a coin or roll a dice or something on to figure out who who the final spot should be. But I think like your gut feeling of going without a bio. I think that's fine because at the end of the day, you can just be like, well, listen, I don't bother. He's the best defender of this group. Yep. And um, maybe you trust him in the playoff series more than some of these other guys. I, it's hard to say. Yeah. I, I don't really have a, a, like a closing argument for why, you know, one right. of these guys absolutely deserves it. I don't, I, maybe we should just throw Porzingis in there and like yeah. each of them, <laughs> each of them get a quarter. Adebayo gets the first quarter. Siakam gets the second and then Randall and Porzingis finish it out. I don't, I don't know. No idea how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. Uh, who's on your next up list? Uh, LaMelo was like an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, there was no chance, especially games played. Uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis. Sure. He's healthy, man. And the numbers, the numbers are all-star worthy. He's having a great year. Kyrie was on my, on my uh, didn't make it list. Miles Turner. Uh, and then uh, after Adebayo and Siakam, I have Garland as well. Yeah, Garland was a tough one for me. I, I really wanted to find a way to get him on, but uh, he's one of those guys that if he played in the West, absolutely, no doubter. Uh, Garland versus Holiday, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I could see that one playing out either way in real life. Um, Jalen Brunson, you know, on my list as well. Uh, Jared Allen, who actually checks out pretty well in, in a lot of the, the advanced metrics. Um, I, I think he'll get some love. I don't think he makes it. Uh, mentioned Brooke Lopez. I have Trey Young, of course, on my my list. Dejounte Murray, counting stats look good. Defensive numbers look good. Nikola Vucevic, again, counting stats guy has no real chance. Porzingis, Miles Turner, uh, and then the the final inclusion, Paolo Bancaro. If if the Magic were a little better, I, I think there might be some buzz. Uh, but again, way too deep of a field. It's really hard to make the All Star game as a rookie, and he still has plenty of holes in his game. But he is averaging twenty one seven and six at this point. So it felt like he at least deserved to mention. He's having a nice year. Yeah. I mean, it's the magic. If, um, if you swap Van Caro and like Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, Van Caro might have a chance because of the, the wins difference, but, um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the East is pretty deep. I mean, I, I, I did seriously consider miles Turner. I was like, well, he's, he's having a great year. The blocks numbers are crazy. The Pacers are legit. Um, so it's a really deep field. Bancaro is basically averaging like what Melo averaged his last all-star season. Like you could argue Bancaro is having a better year than when Melo made it in, in 2016. So I don't know, just, just something to think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Any, any closing thoughts on the all-star game? Like any, anything that you think, you know, we, we agree on that maybe will play out dramatically differently in real life. Or do, you, do you think we covered everything? I wonder if Markinen is going to get voted in partially because it's in Utah. Um, it almost yeah. feels like he deserves to be in just because of that. Well, he might end up being a reserve, any or like a he might end up being an injury fill in. I could see that happening. Um, yeah, that is a but, good point. Like, it, there's no guarantee that Zion is like fully a go by the right. All Star break, or you know, same with Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, Paul George could could always get banged up. Like, yeah, I, I would almost say there's a better chance that. Uh, it's like a technicality. Um, I mean, as far as voting goes, we're only talking starters and he is seventh in the Western conference front court. So, you know, I, I think LeBron and Jokic get two of those spots. And then somehow Andrew Wiggins is in the top five again. He's oh, missed God. like a ton of time. The Warriors have not even been good. I don't, don't really understand that. Um, I guess props to the Warriors fans for uh, getting out there. Same reason that Austin Reeves is in the top 10 for West guards. <laughs> That's amazing. Do we, uh, do we only have two slam dunk contest uh, contestants named? Is it is it just Shagan Sharp and Mac McClung right now? <laughs> I, I think it might just be one on one this year. Yeah, uh, Sharp. I, I'm pretty pumped for Shane Sharp. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, me too. Who maybe else we do we get want? Jericho, Jericho Sims, maybe. Yes. Yeah, that's the name um, I had in mind as well. Um, I don't like. I, I, I kind of wish that more big name guys would do it. I, I get why they don't, but it also feels like the the biggest like leapers in the league now are all not no-namers, but they're all like kind of young players who are fringy, like Kai Jones. Would, lo would love to see him in the dunk contest. Right. Um, is, there, is there anybody else obvious that we're missing? I mean, obviously John Morant. He kind of seems like he doesn't want to do it. I, I could see him maybe at some point. 
Yeah, Morant. Yeah, if we're talking like non, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, like the big name guys, I think some of those guys are obvious, like Anthony Edwards or whoever. Although I feel like Anthony Edwards is not jumping as high as in previous years. Um, Looking through the list right now of teams. Hamadou Diallo already did it. Um, Jalen Green. Wait, did he do it? He did it last year, right? I think he did. Yeah, he did. He did it. Uh, I, I have to look up who was even in it last year. Um, it was <laughs> – what a field. It was uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. Remember when <laughs> Cole Anthony did that Duncan Tims? Yeah, that was oh, – <laughs> actually, I think man. I suppressed that memory, but I do remember now. <laughs> now, yes, now you remember. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think we see Jalen Green again, although I, I would love to you know, see him take another shot at it. Um, who I mean, Jaden Ivy, maybe Jaden Ivy, Gary Payton, the second actually oh, yeah. has some crazy bounce. Um, that'd be kind of sneaky. Well, you have to have like the bounce plus the athleticism, right? I mean, like Ivy, yeah. like, I don't know that Ivy would be a good contest dunker, you know, like just in the same way that, like, I don't know if Java Rant would be a great dunk contest guy. Like, I, I obviously, I'm sure he could do some crazy things, but he's more of the like dunk on or around guys in traffic. Like, that doesn't always translate. Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, Brandon Clark has got some, yeah, got some ups, but forwards like the six, eight, six, nine. Yeah. Generally don't do that well. Yeah. Bryn Forbes, maybe Kyle Anderson, you know, if we're pulling guys out of the G league, then all bets are off, right? Like there's got like the G league, the G league is just full of these guys who have like 45 inch verticals, but can't make it in the NBA because they're just, they're not amazing. They're not that skilled, but they're just so athletic that they can play basketball at a professional level. Flight white. Oh my! That was so disappointing when he. Uh, yeah. When he. I was pretty. I was contest. pretty. I was pretty in on that at the time. I felt felt Me pretty too. foolish. Um, Me too. The last name I'll throw out there if we're talking G leaguers that uh, J D Davison, the rookie for the Celtics, the little okay. guard from Alabama, insane hops, like crazy, crazy dunker in high school. So we'll see. I mean, if Mac McClung, who's like not even affiliated with the team, as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, is he? He's just like a G League guy. Like he's he's not like a two way player, right? Uh, that's very possible. He did just put up 40, uh, earlier this week. So that's good. Um, he's playing for the Delaware blue coats, but yeah, I don't, at least in, in our system, he's not linked to any team. Uh, that's, uh, he's starting a movement is, Oh, Jalen Lequeux. Can't he, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's in the G league as well. Totally um, forgot about that guy. I'm just looking through the points per game leaders in uh, in the G <laughs> league right now and <laughs> pulling out names. Yeah, sort by guys who are shooting like 27% from three. That usually translates to good dunker. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think we we covered all of our bases on potential G League dunkers. Uh, At some point before the break, we will do uh, our our kind of dream fields for for all the contests as we normally do. But uh, I think that covers it. Fun discussion on the All-Stars. Glad we hit the news of the day as well. You'll be back, uh, as always, on Friday morning with Ken and Shannon to clean up anything from Thursday night. But... Uh, fun chat and hoops with you as always, and do it again soon, dude.